Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. The following segment is from the Off Day Debrief on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. I want to get your take now about Jamal Adams and Seattle, because this is sort of an interesting situation. So Jamal Adams is not in minicamp, but supposedly, according to the Seahawks, he has been excused for a, quote, unex- uh, undisclosed family matter. Now, I don't know about you, BLG, but to me, that seems like the team is trying to find a way out of fining Jamal Adams for not showing up to minicamp. Do you agree with that? Well, just to cover our bases here, you know, God forbid there is actually something going on seriously with Jamal Adams' family, which, you know, I don't want to can't speculate on. I don't know. Hopefully there isn't. I really hope everything's okay. But um, it seems to me from, again, outside looking in, that that's probably kind of just a convenient excuse. And that that is it's worth noting like the mandatory minicamp fines that is up to the team. Like teams don't have to find players if they miss the practices, but they can according to the CBA. So uh, they can waive those fines if players miss time. Um, so uh, maybe that's what's happening here. Now stats, you kind of said like the solution to all these holdouts is give the players more money. I don't agree with Jamal Adams. I think he is a very interesting player to assess here given the situation the Seahawks stats can move on from him right now to clear 9.8 million with no dead money um he turns 26 in October and obviously he's gonna be a free agent after this season um but is this a guy you want to pay like no Adams yeah yes but why because Jamal Adams was PFF's and take it for what it's worth but he was their 47th safety out of 99 last year he was 80th (laughs) out of 99 stats in coverage grade he allowed a 104.7 pass rating when targeted, according to Pro Football Reference. So you're, we know Jamal Adams is not a cover safety. What is he good at? He was fourth in pass rush grade, and he had 104 pass rush snaps, which is unique because the next closest safety stats only had 20 fewer. So he was used as you know a pass rusher, as a safety, more than basically any other safety in the NFL by a decent amount. But again, I just I look at kind of like, playmaking ability like zero interceptions last year he's had two in his career he had one forced fumble last year he had three passes defensed now he did have 9.5 sacks which is pretty good but you don't pay a safety to be a pass rusher so i don't understand how the seahawks can kind of give him this big deal oh i agree with you completely uh i don't care that jamal adams had nine and a half i don't care if jamal adams had 15 sacks that's not his job. Uh, it's, it drives me nuts to hear him talk about it and people praise him as this great safety. Like, no, it reminded me a couple months ago, BLG, I was trying to buy a coffee maker. I needed a new one. My, my Keurig I had broke. I didn't love the, you know, using the pods and throwing them away. I needed a new one. And I don't know if you're like me, but I, it takes me a while to buy anything. I read a ton of reviews, like especially kitchen stuff. I really like take my time with it. And there's all these coffee makers out there. You wouldn't believe the crap that's out there. What, this one has a timer. 
This one has a touchscreen. This one you could hook up to your Alexa. Like, I don't need that. Just make coffee. That's all I need you to do. I bought a percolator BLG. It doesn't even have an on-off switch. It, you just plug it in and it starts. And then when it stops making noise, you know the coffee is ready. And that's all I needed to do. Just make my coffee. I don't need any other bells and whistles. And I feel like that's Jamal Adams. Like, he's a coffee maker with a touchscreen. I don't need that. I need you to cover. And as you very clearly and nicely laid out, he can't do it. Not only is he not great at it, he's bad at it. And when you're bad at your primary job, I'm not giving you any more money except BLG. The team is kind of up the creek because they gave up two first-round picks to get him. Yeah, that's a sunk cost fallacy stats. And sure enough, teams play into it. So it's not irrelevant that you bring that up. But to me, if I'm looking at what makes the most sense, and it's I guess it's a tough spot because, I mean, they make that trade last year because in part because they want to show Russell Wilson they're serious, right? Like we're serious about contending. Um, and you can't really trade him away because then you're Russell Wilson who already doesn't want to be there fully uh, or has reservations at the very least. I don't know how you trade him away, but I think if you're looking, if you're ignoring that and kind of looking at like, what is the best move in just the Jamal Adams uh, vacuum, like in that vacuum, what is the best decision we can make on him? I think it's to trade him now and they're not going to do that. Like I'm not expecting that to happen, but I just do not see how you can pay this guy. If you have Jamal Adams on a rookie contract and he's not great at coverage, but he's like this unique player who can bring pass rush juice. That's great. Like, that's fine. Like a role player like that, that you're not paying serious money to, that's what that is. But you cannot pay this guy like top safety money if he can't cover and he's just a blitzer. Like, I mean, at that point, he's just a linebacker kind of, but he's not even good at coverage. He's not even a good cover linebacker. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I don't see how you can pay this guy top of the market money or even anything close. I think it'd be a big mistake. I agree. He's making $9.86 million this year. The top safety, in case you're wondering, is Justin Simmons. He's at $15.25 million. I feel like to pay Jamal Adams, anything close to that would be absolutely crazy. Uh, but even let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say he plays all 17 games this year. He played 12 games last year. So that would be, if they don't sign him, two first-round picks for 29 games worth of Jamal mm -hmm. Adams. And I know, like you said, the, the sunk cost fallacy. I agree. You shouldn't just give him money because you gave up a lot to get him. But that is a factor for these teams. And so that's where Seattle potentially could be. Two first-round picks for 29 games of Jamal Adams where he can't cover at all, BLG. The Seahawks gave up the second-most passing yards in the league last mm -hmm. year, over 4,500 yards even with this guy for 12 games. So they're they're really up against it. I know as a 49er fan, I was glad when they didn't trade for Jamal Adams. And now the Seahawks are in this sort of no man's land. Yeah, that's a great point, Stats. Like, what kind of impact are those sacks even making for the defense? You know, he's not like this high-impact player. That's another reason why you can't pay him this money. It'd be crazy to do so, to invest all of this in him. I think the right course of action, again, would be to trade him, but I don't think they're realistically even considering that or going to do that. So they're probably just going to have to write it out. Like, they're going to write it out this year, see how it goes. Maybe he improves, then that's, I don't know. I, I don't, not counting on that, but maybe like that's, <laughs> you know, the best case scenario, like somehow he gets a lot better in coverage or they figure out a better way to use him, whatever. But uh, I, I don't even think he's in really a position to be like demanding money like this. Like he can stay away for a little bit, but uh, I don't think he's in a real spot to like, other than just the sunk cost part of it. And they, you know, they gave up all this to get him. Um, I think the Seahawks are going to try to wait to pay him and they're not going to cave. And I don't think they should.
it's such a weird place where we are in this whole story. I feel like when the when it came up that Jamal Adams was unhappy, everybody was killing the Jets, right? Oh, they mismanagement. Now this guy's unhappy. They couldn't even keep him happy. And then they trade him and they get the two first round picks and people are like, damn, that's a pretty good move by the Jets to get Jamal Adams. And now he wants more money and everybody's saying, oh, the Seahawks are great. Like they gave up two first round picks for this guy. Now they might have to pay him. He's not every good. Like the Jets got killed when Jamal Adams was unhappy. And now look where we are, you know, a year later. And the Jets look like, you know, they came out of this thing feeling great and, and being great. And the Seahawks are in a world of trouble. Yeah, it was a great return. And I remember thinking that at the time, too, for the Jets in that Jamal Adams trade. And that wasn't even me, like, not liking Jamal Adams. I just think it was just, like, an obviously great return when you can get the uh, the capital that they did. So good job by Joe Douglas. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they clearly made the right move. Everyone, like you said, stats was kind of, like, on the Jets at the time for, for like, messing it up. But I, I think it's pretty obvious they made the right call. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts.